What's up, NBA fans? It's the summertime now. We're past the draft where we've crowned an NBA champion, and it's now time for probably, arguably, one of the most interesting parts of the NBA world. It's the NBA offseason with free agency starting a bit later than we're used to, but no less, it did not disappoint. $1.1 billion handed out on the first 90 minutes of free agency. And this time around, there was no need for us on the West Coast or East Coast of the U.S. to stay up until midnight to see some of these moves being made. It happened at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and moves were made well within the hour and stretching into the day. And even just right now, there's still some some moves being made, but for the most part, most of the big guys that we thought we're going to find a new NBA home have. And if there's anybody missing, it's still Dennis Schroeder still out there. <laughs> Has not found a home, but we'll, we'll chat Dennis Schroeder you know, a little bit later in the podcast. We got to first start off with some of the bigger names and the big movements that we saw. But no Giannis or LeBron-sized movement, but nonetheless enough for us to really come up with some categories here of game changers forgetful um, WTF type contracts. There's always a couple of those being handed out. Of course, biggest losers as well. We'll go over who who those are from this free agency um, session. But Sean, what's your reaction so far to what we've seen? Oh, it's the best time of the year, Alan. I've been telling you for weeks now, even <laughs> even when we had a great Bucks and Suns finals, I've, I've been craving this offseason madness. And I might be eating my own words a bit because we got a lot to chew on <laughs> in this <laughs> podcast. I don't know. I don't know how long this one's going to be. I mean, we, we haven't even talked about the draft. Right. We, we're going to touch on that a little bit, but yeah, we're, we're going to focus a lot on these moves and there's some great moves. Overall synopsis, it seems like the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And I think yeah. that's going to be very evident when we list off who the Lakers, the Nets, and some of these other title contenders got. And it's it really was at the expense of a lot of these smaller market teams. But hey, everyone's gearing up, man. Like we're they're ready for this season to get going. And man, whoever doesn't win a championship this year is gonna be very disappointed. There's gonna be some very disappointed teams. Yeah, and and you love to see it, right? Like everybody knows that this championship run is pretty wide open despite the Nets having their super team there. And the Lakers really running, I mean, we keep saying this year in and year out, on the fumes left of LeBron James's career, but who knows if that's the case. I mean, Chris Paul is still hanging around. So uh, you got one low market team, the Bulls making moves to try to make themselves better. The Heat, Lakers, Nets, for the most part, all of them adding pieces to get incrementally better. But we got to start there with LA. Russell Westbrook mm. is now in LA. It sort of Crazy. felt like destiny in some ways <laughs> like he was such an LA kid born and raised in L in the LA area went to UCLA uh stayed loyal to Oklahoma City and has bounced around the league but he has found his way home a lot of the a lot of the saying is he wanted to be closer to home and really wanted him to make this happen and we say goodbye to Kyle Kuzma KCP Montrez Harrell and the number 22 pick and really this was all part of a mega deal here that I don't really want to break down completely, but <laughs> it's worth, <laughs> yeah, it's worth mentioning just the amount of moving pieces that made this happen, not just for the Lakers, but also for the Wizards to get Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, the Nets to get some, some package deal in return for that sign and trade, as well as the Spurs and the Pacers 
also jumping in here. But the big key points is Spencer Dinwiddie goes to goes to Washington case, alongside KCP, Montres Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Aaron Holiday, the draft rights to the number thirty first pick and a couple and a bag of cash. <laughs> bag um, of cash. Bag of cash there. <laughs> the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, a second round pick from Washington, and the Nets get a bunch of just Basically picks just, uh, just, I guess just a compens- compensation price. Uh, second rounder from either Memphis or Washington, a second rounder from the Warriors and a $11 million trade exception, which could be a big piece as the season unfolds and trade deadline comes along and they have room, wiggle room to play around with that. On the other side, the Pacers and the Spurs, the Spurs received Chandler Hutchinson, uh, second round, second round swap. The Pacers also received the draft rights to that number 22, Isaiah Jackson, that draft pick from from L.A. But the key piece here to talk about first is Westbrook, 32 years old. He's a nine-time All-Star, 22 points and 11-11. and 11. The triple-double king comes to L.A. Obviously, the big question is what Westbrook are we getting, and is he actually going to be an All-Star, and can he play alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis I mean, this is a guy who hasn't played more than 75 games since 2017, had a rough editing in Houston, a rough, really rough beginning in Washington, but really closed hard the last two months with 22 points, 13 and 13, 30% from three and 45% from the field. Another stat to call out here, 32% career usage rate is what Westbrook is used to. For context, LeBron James is slightly a hair under that at 31.9. Anthony Davis at 29%. So if things stay the way they are, 90% of the usage rate for for the ball would fall on these three guys, which is a bit ridiculous. But we'll see how Frank Vogel manages all this. Last I checked, that's under 100 that's under yes. 100%, right? It's so. just slightly <laughs> under 100. I mean, literally, guys are just going to tap the ball. Just going to have to volleyball in it, volleyball it into the net because these guys are going to be dominating the ball for most of the part. So quite the, quite the, the roster big three that is now in Frank Vogel's hands to try to navigate. But if there's a man who can do it, I'm going to put my trust in him and I'm going to put my trust that Russell Westbrook has come to LA and is where he wants to be and wants to win an NBA title at this point in his career because this could be one of his very few last chances. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the same thing for LeBron, right? It's like he doesn't want to ride out the rest of his LA contract and not give himself the best chance to win. So what does he do? He completely depletes the Lakers of every (laughs) single asset they've ever had and Mm -hmm. gives them to Washington. And you, you get your guy. And obviously there's a lot of skeptics. I mean... I'd say you're probably a little skeptical yourself. Yes, I'm pretty skeptical, I am skeptical too. But this is going to be the funnest team to watch next year. Funner than the Nets. I mean, we already watched what the Nets can do with those three. And it's cool. Obviously, it's cool. But and this is LeBron we're talking about. I mean, this this is showtime. Westbrook is one of the most entertaining players to watch. And when you put these two guys together and you have AD just chilling there, this is going to be super fun. I don't think Westbrook's ever had a pick-and-roll guy like Anthony Davis. I I mean, who are you looking at? Maybe Serge Ibaka, Steven right. Adams in OKC, Clint Capella in Houston. 
and then you got a few a few weeks of Thomas Bryant, and then you're rolling with what like Robin Lopez. Or, or, yeah, I think, I think out of all the like Daniel Gafford on the Wizards <laughs> last year is probably his best ever pick and roll player he's ever played with. So I, I think Anthony Davis is a pretty pretty small upgrade from those guys. I don't know. You, you might agree with me there. Yeah, obviously the shooting is the concern, but I mean. We're going to talk about this later. I mean, the Lakers filled out their roster with a ton of good shooters. So I I think this is, in the big picture, a pretty great move. Yeah, you talk about putting the chips all on the table. This is Rob Palenka. Like, we we (laughs) don't have the only other asset, if this doesn't work out, to try to wiggle some change from this roster is is the Talon, the THT yeah. Talon Horton Tucker right. contract that we signed mm-hmm. him to. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, Caruso, we Caruso walked. Oh. I mean, he got a good deal. Um, Kuzma w- had just signed to a very favorable contract last season. I'm sure he's, you know, he learned a lesson here. Like if he could have got in the bag, maybe he probably should have got in the bag yeah. <laughs> this summer. But instead, he's he's he had signed to that favorable contract, which you know opened the door for this trade to be possible. KCP, another solid guy who's still relatively young. Montrez Harrell on another favorable deal. Um, and the number 22 pick. So this is literally everything we, everything. The, the last nickels we had <laughs> to, to, that are tradable assets, uh, relative to, you know, all the things we've given up the last few years. And is, is it going to be worth it? I hope so. I mean, if you're talking about a big name that was out there, West, that was Westbrook. Um, and we got him. There was no way this package was going to get us Damian Leonard or Bradley Beal, yeah. but if Westbrook is that third best, and then so be it. And and when you talk about a fun basketball team, basketball team to watch, yeah, I mean Westbrook is the fast break champion. He is the triple double machine. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see, and I'm sure LeBron will appreciate taking a break and have we- a guy like Westbrook really leading um, the fast breaks. Uh, finding Davis, finding LeBron, and finding a couple of these shooters that the Lakers managed to somehow get their hands on when it really looked like a dire situation. <laughs> so an evaluation of just these three alone, there's a lot of doubt for me. But when I evaluated from the other pieces that Rob Palenka managed to get his hands on, uh, I think I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah, I mean, that was the big risk, right? Like you bring in this guy and I mean... Maybe you already had agreements with a lot of these other players before this trade was executed. Obviously, no one actually abides by the free agency moratorium <laughs> um, or whatever that word is. Whatever that rule moratorium is. Moratorium or yeah, whatever. Moratorium. Yeah. yeah. Where you're not allowed to speak to free agents before that 3 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, right, man. Lonzo Ball signed that deal on the first second of that of that time period. So you know it. Uh, they did not just pick up the phone with him on that very second but yeah yeah if this is all orchestrated beforehand yeah hats off to Polinka. but otherwise man he took a huge risk in hoping that the the name value of Westbrook would be enough to get these free agents to want to sign with the Lakers and be like hey like okay they got a big thing going on there like if I go over there like this is gonna be huge mm-hmm. and so they got all the guys they wanted pretty much and they they've they filled out their roster from top to bottom at this point. You, you got enough rotation players to get you through the entire regular season. The age thing is, is, a, is a big question mark, but even if you get some guys injured, like this is a deep team at the end of the mm-hmm. day still. Um, so I, I think the, the Westbrook thing is going to be huge. And I mean, 
the stat here, he hasn't played more than 75 games since 2017. Uh, 75 games is quite a bit. That's a lot of the regular <laughs> season, if, if I do say so myself. So if he's able to play 65, 70 games, I mean, that's all they really need him for. And if he's mm-hmm. able to play at that same level he's been at, that triple-double level, take LeBron's usage down into like the mid-20s, that's huge for LeBron going in, into year, what is this, 19 for him. Yeah. So yeah, that I think yeah, this is a big win. I'm really excited to see this this team day, on day one. <laughs> yeah, and the the other the other side of the coin to think about here is just on the defensive end. Westbrook has not been known. He's definitely a, a defensive highlight reel, he's but he's not rebounder. really <laughs> he's not really a great defensive player. So it'll be interesting to see how Frank Vogel really gets these guys motivated and uses a guy like Westbrook on the defensive end because that is the worrisome thing when you start talking about age is you're going to be looking at a Marcus Saul potentially being the starting center I'm going to guess mm-hmm. at the age of 36 uh you got Westbrook you got LeBron Davis being the 28 year old I'm not really sure who else is going to be starting alongside those other guys maybe you plug in Malik Monk or hey, Carmelo Anthony t- or Taylor Horton Tucker like I think that'll be interesting but none of those regardless, guys are good defenders either right the point being here is you don't have that young defensive dog that you did in the Caruso mm-hmm. or even Dennis Schroeder at times um so KCP 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 yeah KCP was always a guy that that Frank Vogel loved to hang his head his head his head on um, Danny Green during the defense during the the championship run. You do bring Dwight Howard back, but <laughs> Dwight Howard is going to Dwight Howard. He's not. You're, you're not going to. You're not going to put him out there for thirty plus minutes all the time. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what Frank Vogel does with these pieces and how he if he can motivate Westbrook to all of a sudden be the defensive juggernaut he's never been his entire NBA <laughs> career. So just. You know, t- hold them, hold them tame from gambling on the ball. Hold them tame from, you know, just focusing on one-on-one basketball. But actually, playing good, solid team team defense. So, mm-hmm. other regardless, it's an exciting team, and it's a it's a big name. The Lakers wanted a big name, and they've gone after it every single year in free agency. And they could have easily just run it back, and they would have still had a very respectable roster, but. They're over the tax bill and they're on their way to paying the biggest <laughs> tax bill in franchise history. Ooh. Uh, just, just over 42, just over $40 million at $42 million, $42.3 million is the projected tax bill right now. We'll see where that levels out once they round out that roster completely. They still have one more roster spot and one more vet minimum they could give out. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. Yeah. That tax bill. And gonna be nothing when they've probably already sold that many Russell Westbrook jerseys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I did the math roughly when uh, when the Bucks were playing in the final, and just that one day with the oh, I already forgot the name of that Bucks district thing that they have the downtown the Deer district. The Deer district. They said sixty thousand <laughs> people. I ran the math. I said if sixty thousand people bought a jersey uh at like sixty dollars a pop we're talking about like two million ish dollars already <laughs> just just, just like yeah just from that so i mean the city i think everybody's gonna go out there and get yeah, la is a little bigger jersey. than milwaukee too so right 3.6 million dollars uh from jersey sales alone just Jeez. from sixty thousand people yeah and that's gonna be even more with westbrook in la 
But right. So, I mean, obviously the Lakers won this trade because they got Westbrook and then that was the domino effect that led them to get all these other guys they got. How do you feel about what the Wizards got in return? Do you feel like that is enough? Do you feel like it's anything? Or is this them just saying we're going to tank and give up for the next few years and hope that these draft picks and um, these young guys turn into something? I think they got themselves a solid deal in terms of like where they are. They're just going to definitely just stay. I, I I think they're not going to get any better, but I also don't think they're going to get any worse. I think these are still solid guys to have on their team. And best of all, you got you got some expiring deals from Montrez Harrell. You got deals yeah. you don't have to wait too long on in KCP and Kyle Kuzma. And I think the benefit of those deals is that they're movable. Yeah. So if something else pops up, these are very easy deals to move and maneuver with, uh, package up some some picks or something and and see what you can get in the market later on. And Spencer Dinwiddie's a guy who's got a lot of NBA career left ahead of him. So you got it, you got him to a new deal, so he's there to stay. Um Aaron Holiday's a solid piece to come off the bench in terms of the Laker pieces. Again, like I think they're solid players and yeah. are easily movable and packaged up if, if in case another another solid opportunity comes for the Wizards to make a move. Yeah, I do like, I mean, obviously I think all these Laker players do have something to offer. And then being able to acquire Spencer Dinwiddie in in the midst of all this, I mean, that's honestly a great point guard to have to replace mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. And I think he yeah. might work pretty well alongside Bradley Beal. And like you said, you get him on a pretty good deal. I mean, three years, $62 million, I mean, this is a guy that pretty much single-handedly, before the big three is formed on the Nets, he single-handedly brought this team into the playoffs when Carice LeVert got hurt. So, I mean, this this is no slouch. So, a lot of good depth for this Wizards team. Obviously not going to contend for anything very amazing this year, but I still think this puts them in a good spot to maybe still make the play-in tournament. Yeah, um, oh, I, which, I still, I mean, I still yeah, but, see them as an eight-seven seed in the East. Yeah. I think yeah, with this I mean, roster. Spencer, yeah, like the, like Russell Westbrook's great and all, but like these four guys, or five guys, honestly, are all good players. They're all good NBA players, and then uh, you draft a high upside, or you trade down with Indiana to draft that high upside guy in Isaiah Todd, who he was one of those G League ignite players who forewent mm-hmm. college. To, to go that route and I think he was at one point ranked in the top 10 in his draft class and fell quite a bit because he didn't play very well in the G League but there's still a lot of potential there I, I the name is familiar and that's why I, that's the only reason I mention it is because I feel like that's still at least something you can have some hope for um but yeah I, I, it's gonna be a decent roster still like there there'll be a good regular season team yeah I mean I think when you looked at this roster from last year, they really just lacked quality pieces outside of Real and Westbrook, and I think they get right. that with this deal. And I mean, at the end of the day, Washington is relying on Bradley Beal, Rui Hashimura to continue developing, and, and Thomas, Thomas Bryant hopefully yeah. coming back. Yeah, and Thomas Bryant hopefully coming back healthy enough. And you get those three guys going, and you add these pieces, and Spencer Dinwiddie has himself another uh, twenty and eight season like he did two years ago. Uh, you're looking at a viable seven or eight seed. And again, some of these pieces are very movable. So an opportunity pops up in the tread deadline or next summer, then you're in that you're in a good spot to make a, to make a move. 
And also just you'll have that cap space opportunity in the next couple of years from these deals. Right. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal hasn't said that he wants to leave Washington, so he must at least be pretty happy with where he's at and the moves that they're making. So I think that's the big thing for the Wizards is, is keeping Bradley Beal happy. And if this move does it, then it's a huge win. Yeah. In terms of other trade, big trades is Jonas Valachunas gets moved for Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe in a 2022 first rounder from the Lakers. Uh, this was interesting uh, in that Memphis really lets go of one of their key pieces uh, in Jonas Valachunas, who had a great year last year and was a big piece of carrying that young team, despite not having Jaron Jackson Jr. there into the play-in tournament and into the first round of the playoffs. So I'm sure it's sad for Memphis fans to see him go in exchange you get Steven Adams, who had a really off year, was not healthy last year. And Eric Bledsoe, who's just, I think, just done in the NBA. He's one of, the, <laughs> he's one of my least favorite players out there. Yeah. This was a very odd trade. And, I mean, yeah, like you said, Valanciunas had a great year last year. He had a great two years in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And he seemed like a guy that was like a franchise guy. You know, he really seemed to represent a lot of what the Grizzlies team stood for. And to see him get offloaded for two guys that basically the Pelicans were just trying to get rid of these guys for cap space. Like, they didn't provide value to the team, and that's the only reason they were getting rid of them. And then then you think, okay, like, the Grizzlies must really be targeting some guy in the draft because they're willing to give up a, a known commodity in Jonas Valanciunas, a very good player, to move up in this draft from pick 17 to pick 10. And they used that pick to get a guy, Zaire Williams, who was at Stanford, and he had a lot of potential out of high school, had a pretty crappy year at Stanford, honestly, did not play very well. They drafted him on upside. So pretty risky, in my opinion. I'm not sure why they felt the need to take this risk. Maybe they thought someone else was going to be at 10, they couldn't get any higher in the draft. We don't really know who they're targeting if this was the guy they wanted. But to give up a guy like Valanchunas, who is like a walking 20 and 10 guy, I just don't really understand it. It really doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, yeah, I think they're going to regret that a lot. I, I think they yeah. overall have gotten worse. And they could have run it back with the same young squad that they've had over the last two years. And I think that that alone would have been enough to keep them in it. I mean, we always talk about wanting to make moves, but th- this is a move where you're not getting any better. Yeah, I think the only the only thing to me that screams out is that they really wanted that number 10 pick for for somebody. But this kid just, I mean, he seems like he could be a solid player, but I'm not sure he was really worth giving up a, a good guy like Jonas unless you're, you're, you're looking to get to lose a couple more games next year as opposed to winning more games. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> and, get it. And it also sounds like maybe this franchise is ready to move on from Brandon Clark and this is why this is why they win after Williams uh seeing him as as a cheaper Brandon Clark type replacement since you already have Jaron Jackson Jr there cuz Brandon Clark had a terrible year last year so barely played yeah yeah so this is his replacement I'm not sure uh, or to free up more time also for Jaron Jackson Jr I don't know this is this is an interesting move from the Grizzlies the only thing I could think of is they want to lose more games and probably don't want to pay Jonas in the next couple of years here when his deal is up. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess if you're looking at like what the Lakers are doing and some of these other top teams, maybe you're like, oh, you know, we can afford to lose for a few more years until it's our time. Once once LeBron is 40, <laughs> maybe that's mm-hmm. when it's our time to win the West. But uh, yeah, that's really the yeah, only angle I could think of also. <laughs> yeah, and on the other side, the Pelicans get rid of two guys who really didn't add much value to their roster. Yeah. Expensive guys too, so they bring in Jonas... Yeah, who's who are actually who's actually a really again a, a good player had a good He's year on a last great year. Great deal too. He's only mm-hmm. making like fourteen million a year. Right. Yeah, and relative to the deals we just saw get signed this offseason, it's a great deal for a guy like him and plays a get is going to get to play alongside Zion. The only head scratcher here is clearly the Pelicans got the better player here, dumb salary. It's a win for them there, but all the other deals that they l- did not make, <laughs> right, or made. Don't scream that they're trying to get better. This was the only plus I think that they got in terms of actual improvement on the basketball end. No, you know, that's very true. It's like, what? Why did you dump this salary? Right? We thought that yeah. that's what they're they're making a move. Maybe they were making a move for like a guy like Kyle Lowry. It didn't happen, obviously. And then maybe your your option two is to bring back Alonzo. He's like, too late. I'm already out of here. And then they're just screwed. Yeah, they could have easily matched that deal. Yeah, they could have easily matched the Lonzo deal and Mm -hmm. didn't do it and didn't really go out there looking for anything else in the market to try to get with that cap. Or I mean, up to this point right now, it's your consolation price is Thomas Stradinowski is what they have, I think, on their roster. Yeah, in that sign-in trade. Yeah, yeah, for Lonzo Ball. Exactly. So it's a it's a lot of interesting stuff. Garrett Temple in a future second rounder is also what they got in that in that deal so uh, the pelicans are well on their way to losing zion i think and i'm not sure <laughs> oh, where, what is even the point that's there. disastrous you, yeah and you lose another key piece from that from that anthony davis trade for nothing just within one year so that's another loss loss for the pelicans yeah, i'm telling you man unless Nikhil alexander walker and kyra lewis can become the star backcourt for this pelicans team that they have potential to do that's a long shot, but you've seen flashes of it in their rookie years. Yeah, Zion is gone. Like, yeah. There's no hope. Yeah, no hope for the Smoothie King Center. <laughs> Worst they had their shot, basketball. man. You lost Anthony Davis. You got Zion immediately afterwards. You're squandering it. Yeah, the heavens came down to you, and you, yeah, you lost it. And, I mean, this is all also going back to Drew Holiday. You've also lost. Uh, yep. Just a lot. Anyways, a lot of other trades went down here. Uh, a lot of forgetful ones, but list them off here. Javon Carter in the 29th pick for Landry Shamit. Cavs trading Tarim Prince for Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio continues his NBA basketball tour. The Pistons. I just don't know why they got Rubio. They already <laughs> have Sexton and Garland. You traded for $15 million a year backup point guard. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. I- yeah, Pistons get rid of Mason Plum- Plumley to the Hornets for a pick. Utah Jazz dumping Derek Favors to OKC uh, for a pick. OKC didn't know what to do with their pick, so they got Derek Favors here. No, they they gave Thunder a pick along oh. with, to, to to take Derek Favors off their hands. <laughs> Utah gave Thunder the Thunder. Yeah. Oh, oh wow! A salary dump, and they're like, "Here's a pick as uh, compensation <laughs> for taking this guy off of our hands." People just trying to avoid, desperately trying to avoid the the tax yeah. bill, and OKC's gladly 
open to taking it. (laughs) (laughs) Three-team trade. The Hawks get DeLon Wright. Celtics get Chris Dunn. And the Kings get Tristan Thompson. I mean, Chris... (laughs) Chris Dunn continues his hit, also his musical chair journey across oh. the NBA. I mean, the Celtics lose Kemba Walker. It's crazy, man. <laughs> Looking at the trajectory of who's played that that position now for this team: Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas, um, Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker, and now you got Peyton Pritchard or Chris yeah. Dunn potentially playing that spot next year. Wow. Oof. Brad Stevens uh, is off to an interesting start in his president of bas- basketball operations. <laughs> he's essentially trying to clean house. Every single player that he coached is gone. Every, is almost gone. Tatum and Brown, yeah. <laughs> right. It's, Smart, this Smart's is still in- there, too. Smart's still there, too. For now. Yeah. For now, yeah. The Mavs dumping Josh Richardson for Moses Brown. Moses Brown immediately signs that favorable deal with OKC and has just now been swapped around. And, you know, and I said that when he signed that deal, I was like, look, looking at this deal to me, this looks like a very, like a deal that was designed to be tradable. Yeah, he might get <laughs> and, traded like 10 times over the next four years. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's getting his bag. But anyways, Josh Richardson was also part of that swap the Naz made last year. Uh, to They swapped Steph Curry to get Josh Richardson, Brutal. and now he's off the roster and they missed that man desperately mm. during the playoffs. So there's a trajectory on that. Hopefully Moses Brown can make up with Steph, Steph <laughs> Seth Curry. Seth, Seth Curry could yeah. was going to make up for them yeah. uh, this year. Real, real good chance. Yeah, Moses Brown's the next Seth Curry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, real quick before we jump into the other free agency, chat draft. The NBA yeah. draft. Cade Cunningham goes first. Jalen Green goes second to the to the Rockets. Evan Mobley third to the Cavs. Uh, I mean, any big surprises here, Sean, from any of these lottery picks, you think? Um, no, I mean, of those top three, no. I'm really excited to see all those top three. I think they have as much potential as anyone we've seen over the last few years to become all-star players in the league. So pretty excited about that. The first surprise came at number four with the Raptors taking Scotty Barnes when yeah. Jalen Suggs looked like the guy. Um, I, I guess they have a lot of hope in Malachi Flynn to, <laughs> to, and Fred Van Fleet to just be that backcourt. Uh, interesting decision. I think Jalen Suggs was about as safe a pick as you can make it for. But right, uh, yeah, I don't know what this means for the Raptors because I mean, Scotty Barnes, he's not going to start. He he's a six foot eight forward. You're not going to play him over Ananobi and Siakam, I wouldn't think. So I'm not really sure where he slots in. Uh, maybe that means there's more moves in the rest of this offseason for the Raptors coming up, or they just want a guy off the bench. Very, very weird move, by the way. Raptors have done nothing but make weird moves this offseason. Um, yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, OKC made a kind of questionable pick at six, picking 18 year old Josh Giddy. Yeah. Yeah. That, this was an know. interesting one. It was. But, it was it's, very, but yeah, it seems so potential. OKC. It seems yeah, like it's such right. an OKC pick. Yeah, it, it kind of is, yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of other guys that I think they could have taken at six, but they're they're going purely off potential. <laughs> I actually saw a really funny meme about Josh Giddy where it's like, the weaknesses that they showed on the ESPN graphic of his like strengths and weaknesses were like, shooting, uh, on-person, on like, <laughs> man-to-man defense, like, athleticism. It's like... <laughs> 
are you just saying he's just bad at basketball like (laughs) (laughs) it's just like they're just listing everything that is just like basketball (laughs) it's like the foundations of basketball running yeah yeah running it's just it was ridiculous but we'll we'll see where he slots in for them maybe he fills in that backcourt with shea to start the year uh we'll definitely get some opportunity there and the spurs take some random guy named josh primo at 12 i don't think anyone knew who this guy was um so that was also a very questionable lottery pick uh, but you know the Spurs they make moves like this and you, you gotta wonder if they know something that everyone else doesn't mm-hmm. they don't seem like they knew something we didn't when they picked Devin Vassell last year he turned yeah. out to not really do anything <laughs> um so we'll see what happens with that guy but yeah otherwise the lottery is, was pretty you know unspectacular I think I think the Warriors actually got a pretty good pair of guys I mean they had picked seven and fourteen they were able to get Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, who I think are guys that will be able to actually contribute to this team right away. And that's, that's pretty big for this Warriors team that's in win-now mode. Um, they get two very good high-upside rookies that have a lot of promise. Yeah, it's interesting that the Warriors didn't end up moving these two picks. I thought for sure they were going to try yeah, to swap they these. talking but, about it. But ultimately, I just don't think the players who would have been the right fit for their franchise were available right uh i i like uh, these two picks though i think they'll actually do really well with the warriors yeah i think so too i mean judging from again what was available in the market i just don't think there was any move to be made so get these two make the right picks develop and reevaluate and see where you're at at the trade deadline or next summer and see what you could do definitely and then as far as other winners, I think the Rockets overall were pretty big winners, not yeah. just for Jalen Green, but they had three other first-round picks in this draft. Um, they were able to, to trade with OKC to get a promising guy, an Alperin Sengun, who's a Turkish player. Um, getting some DeMontis Sabonis comparisons, you know. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. see what he's got. Um, they also get Usman Garuba, who is a, he's also, I think, a center for Spain. And then Josh Christopher was also another pick in their first round. So four four picks in the first round for this Rockets team that's in full rebuild mode. Uh, that's exactly what you want. You want a lot of young guys you can just throw out there and see what sticks. And then they completely remade their their roster this year. They went all yeah, in on this draft. I know. They and they still have John Wall. So I I wonder if they're gonna try to move John Wall somehow. I don't know who they're gonna move him to, but he doesn't really have a spot on this team. That's just like completely rebuilt i just don't think anybody could possibly match the salary but you know (laughs) true who knows yeah and then as far as losers i'd have to go with the kings because (laughs) they always draft terribly and they did it again here i mean tyrese halliburton was a good pick for them last year we can't deny that so why do you go out and get another point guard in davion mitchell why why do you need a third string point guard? It's ridiculous. I feel bad for this kid already. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. It's like and he's not young too. Like he's he's twenty two years old. So it's like he's a guy that's one of those contribute immediately guys, not this is a project we're gonna build up, guys. Like it made no sense at all. And then the Knicks for some reason traded back two times in the first round. They had pick nineteen. I believe. And they traded that to the Hornets for pick 21. And then they traded pick 21 to the Clippers for pick 25. 
and then they end up drafting a guy named Quentin Grimes, who they're probably not even going to play. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, uh, that was weird. Uh, not like it matters that much, but I don't know. You could probably get a better, higher-impact guy at 19 than 25. So, I don't know. And then the Celtics, after having so many assets for so many years, drafted zero players in this draft. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> zero players. Not even a second-round pick. It's crazy. Yeah, and this hurts. I mean, this is a team that needs talent at this point. They just need to scrap it from somewhere. Yeah. Players to have on their roster are okay, but not very tradable assets. Not because they're bad contracts, but just because they're not good players. They, <laughs> you they just, just have Tatum and their, Brown. Yeah, Moses Brown, that was their most tradable asset. They just right. dumped him for Josh Richardson. Yeah. I, I like what the Rockets did here. And Jalen Suggs at number five was interesting. Yeah, I feel like the Magic might end up winning this draft, but, yeah, but they, they could thing. also it's screw the, it the up. Magic, the Magic already have faults. Right, they could also just completely RJ Hampton. They don't need. They don't need a point guard either. Yeah, I, I think they were just caught by surprise that he was there, right. and it's like, yeah. well, we can't <laughs> let him walk. We just got to take this guy. Yeah, you got to uh, take him. Hmm. So it'll be interesting what happens there. Evan Mobley, I think, is interesting to the Cavs too. They just they draft him, but then they give this giant contract to Jared Allen, and they still have Larry Nance on on the yeah. books too. Oh, so Larry Nance is on the bench now for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he I guess, ain't starting. Yeah, I guess maybe you just this is the guy you're gonna roll with. So that's interesting. Kate Cunningham makes sense for the Pistons. They just need anything they can get. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I like this draft, and I feel like this is going to be a great draft, and I think you're going to get quality players all around the top five. It's just a matter of who's who's better. I think we're going to find it. We're going to get an elite player out of this draft. I really do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a couple other second-round names to look for. The Pelicans got Baylor star Jared Butler at number 40. Uh, Interesting. That, that was, yeah, obviously the, uh, the dynamic duo of him and Davion Mitchell to win that mm-hmm. national championship. Um, fell really far because of health concerns, but he was medically cleared. He's good to go. So that might end up being a good steal. And then the Clippers got a guy named BJ Boston at 51, who they traded into the draft for to get this guy. And and he fell a lot and he was really high in high school. He he was a top 10 prospect out of high school, had a, had a rough year. Uh, you know, there there's, <laughs> seems like there's a lot of those guys in this draft. Top 10 prospect in high school fell really far in the draft. Um, but that that could end up being a, a name we remember a few years from now. Yeah, a lot of diamonds in the rough in this NBA draft. So we'll see how that all rounds out. But back to the regular programming, free agency. Mm, yes. <laughs> now let's talk big winners. We talked about Westbrook. We talked about bonus Valachunas, the trades there. Let's talk about the individuals, the big winners, guys who got the back here. Chris Paul re-signing four years, $120 million. Gosh. Winning <laughs> free agency. 37. Yet again. <laughs> ah, man, he. I'm surprised Robert Sarver of the Phoenix Suns owner actually opened up the wallet for this man. I think I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought Chris Paul was going to walk away from the Suns or he was going to take mm-hmm. a cheaper deal. But he got none of the, he, comp- he didn't compromise and got both the things he wanted. He's staying in Phoenix, getting the money he wants. But again, I think he's putting the Suns in an interesting situation. And we, and we saw the deals go down for them is they're not bringing anybody d- different. They're they're no. rolling with the same squad. Everybody, Cameron Payne signed for just slightly less than maybe he could have. 
uh, and everybody else is is on the books, and it's going to be an interesting summer when DeAndre Ada needs to sign his extension. Yeah, in a and couple McCall years. Bridges too. McCall Bridges as well. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is the huge problem with NBA contracts because instead of re- being like, "This is how much we think you'll be worth when you get this much money in this season," it's this is a reward for what you've done for us already. And yeah. yeah, Chris Paul is not going to be worth $30 million at age 40. Age 40, Mm-mm. he's going to be 40 years old making upwards of $30 million on this deal. Maybe probably even closer to like 35 million with the way these things go from like lower to higher. Mm-hmm. This is just this is totally screwing over the Suns 4 years from now. <laughs> not that they care currently, but that that is a terrible deal. I'm sorry. Like Chris Paul would not be able to justify being worth $35 million at age 40. Kobe Bryant did not even make that much money in at age 38 when he was in his 20th year. And Chris Paul's not going to make nowhere near as many jersey sales as Kobe Bryant did to make up that money. <laughs> so this is just a terrible, terrible deal for the Suns in the long term. They might be able to compete still in the West for the next two years. But man, Chris Paul's going to deteriorate after that. And it's going to get ugly. Yeah, it's and that tax... Well, you got to bet that the cap goes up a bit, but... A bit, I mean, not al- this al- much. <laughs> yeah, alongside the cap going up, though, those max deals, especially for a guy like Aiden, is going yeah. up. And that guy's signing a max deal. And if you're not giving it to him... You're a fool, and somebody else is going to, and oh, yeah. you're gonna have to, and you're gonna have to bite that ta- that tax bill, and of course, also Bridges. We keep forgetting him; he's another big name that's gonna mm-hmm. gonna warrant a deal. So, Robert Sarver, I hope you're ready to open up your wallet or at least put this <laughs> franchise on sale because you're gonna win games, but yeah, you're gonna pay more than you've but ever yeah, paid for a basketball not, team. Not in the 2023 season, that's for sure. Yeah, Holy that'll crap. be that'll be a rough one, but. This Good other job, guy Chris too. Paul. Clap, clap, yeah. clap. Man. Yeah, Chris Paul, the bulldog, finds his way to get what he wants and the <laughs> money that he wants. He's never won a championship. And maybe this is a reason why, but <laughs> but you know, he gets his money. He gets his worth. Uh the other guy, Mike Conley, three years, seventy two point five million dollars. I was surprised that he got this deal from Utah. Were you? This doesn't seem that bad to me. This seemed bad to you? I thought it. I I I thought it was more than what I thought he was gonna get. What do you uh, What do you think? What would you have given Mike Conley? Uh, let me do. Let me let me do this math really quick. Like, would you give him twenty million a year? I was gonna give him just a touch under twenty. I would think really? like an eighteen eighteen million dollar deal. This isn't. 18, we're not talking about thirty seven year old Chris Paul. Like Mike Conley is thirty three. He's I don't still know, got some man. years left in him. I guess I just underestimated the the market asking the market ask for Mike Conley. I just did not think he would actually get sixty five over sixty over a sixty five million dollar deal for three years. Hmm. It seems high to me. No, this makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, look at the year I mean, he he made the All Star team last year. That's true, and that might have been one of the big reasons why he got this deal. But when you look at I mean, when you look at the Utah Jazz in the playoffs, Mike Conley couldn't be there. He was barely there. Well, they're hoping he, that he can be there now. Like, you know, you can't, you don't expect him to be hurt every single playoffs. True. 51 games last year. 
I mean, he had a he had a pretty solid year in terms of production, but the health is just such a big question mark for me. And I was I was a little surprised that he managed yeah. to get up upwards there in terms of. I the mean, steal. think think about it this way too. Utah does not get free agents. <laughs> yeah, and that might be the ultimate thing. It's like if you don't give it to him, who are you going to give it to? You're not going to get anybody. No one wants to go there. You had to sign Rudy Gobert to a max deal because you weren't going to get anybody else. Right, Dennis Schroeder, maybe at this point. Oh no, yeah, but you get Mike Conley for cheaper than what Schroeder wants. <laughs> That's true. That is oh, true. Man. But yeah, I'd way rather have Mike Conley over Schroeder for the record. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I I don't think this is a too bad of a deal. The Jazz needed to keep it together because you know an injury here or there goes one way or another. You're looking at a totally different outcome. Hmm. Next guy's here. Moving on, we we can wow. talk about Conley all day. Yeah, uh, I know. I want to talk about all these guys like way more, <laughs> but yeah, we got it. We got to go to bed at some point. <laughs> yeah. So let's round this out. John Collins, five years, one twenty-five. Tim Hardaway, four years, seventy-four. Shay Gilgis, no surprise, five years, one seventy-two. Julius <sighs> Randle, fresh off his first team All Selection, four years, one seventeen. Jared Allen, five years, one hundred. Gary Trent, three years, fifty-four million. Which one of all these do you think is the most consequential here? Consequential in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> I'd say good way. Let's go good way. In a good way, Randall. Right. I mean, I think this is a bargain for mm-hmm. Julius. The way Julius Randall played, he's getting less than thirty million a year. This is a very team-friendly move. This is Julius yeah. Randall honestly being like thank you for making me the player that i've become because this guy should be getting a max deal let's be honest this he made an all nba team this year he brought the knicks to the fourth seed in the playoffs basically single-handed and he was basically he was was he the most improved player of the year too yeah most yeah. improved player all-star this this is a team. max player by every aspect of the word and he only took $29 million so that you could get the flexibility to sign all these other dudes that you brought back, like Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, Derek Rose, bring in Evan Fournier. They wouldn't have been able to do that if Randall had signed a max deal. And right. so this was, yeah, this was just both sides being very nice to each other, I guess you could say. Chris Paul is making more than Julius Randall. I mean this is absurd and yeah yeah i think that this is the best deal by far um as far as the teams go great job yeah yeah you get your guy you get to keep him i mean 26 year old julius Randle, he's gonna get he's gonna have this deal and be still in his 30s with enough room to get another big one and i guess maybe that was maybe the debate is whether this was the julius Randle year and there may not be another one close to this maybe yeah I could I could see that, but I mean, you Julius Randle went out there and showed he can shoot the ball, and that yeah. doesn't just go away. And he's six, mean, he's still a six yeah. foot eight power forward, quick right. on his feet. I mean, I mean, look at Shea Gilgis's deal: five years, one hundred seventy two. Like that is crazy money compared to Randall. And I'd say Randall's a better player than Shea, and will probably be a better player than Shea through both of these contracts. Mm-hmm. And that's not this. I Shea could still improve by quite a bit, but right now it's like Randall is the better player, 
and will likely be the better player for at least a few more years unless Shea makes a huge jump. So, right. Yeah, you compare those two deals, you're like, wow, yeah, like he let the Knicks off easy. I mean, yeah, or even like the John Collins deal. Oh, yeah. Five years, yeah, 125. Collins. Yeah. Not Randall's too far. so much better than John Collins. And, man, the Hawks, I mean, if you're the Hawks, you had to make that move, I think. You had to bring back John Collins. He, he is a great player. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. He's a great player. But to put him on this huge contract is going to really make the next few extensions they need to give out very difficult because now you're talking about who you're gonna have to make decisions because trey young's obviously getting his max and then who you're bringing back out of cam reddish deandre hunter um danilo gallinari boy bogdan bogdanovich like you can't keep all these guys so you got so much young talent you're not going to be able to sign all of it so you have yourself locked into John Collins and Trey. And you're getting, one of these guys, or maybe a few even, are going to have to walk. Yeah, you got to just feel good here that you're betting on what you saw in the playoffs from John Collins. You know, this is the guy who can elevate his game in the games in the mat in the times that it matters the most, and you're going to pay him for it. And and yeah, you're right. At this, at some point, some hard decisions are going to be made. But I think you kind of timed it a little bit. Good. So you still got a couple more years before that DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish decisions have to be made. And by then, maybe you don't have to make a decision on Gallinari. He's on his way out. <laughs> True. Um, but, but you're right. There, for, for, for the most part, at least you get the corn locked in for, for this year and potentially next year and then see where it goes from there. But yeah. you got to just, you're also betting, I think, here that John Collins elevates his game and, I, I think I think there's just a little bit more left in the tank there for this guy, and I was oh, impressed sure. with he, what I saw in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, he was great. He was a big piece why they went to the conference finals. So yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's too bad of a deal. For One sure. of the consequentials and from a weird way, Jared Allen. I didn't. This didn't really make a lot of Very sense to me. Five year, a hundred million dollars, twenty twenty mil a year for the next five. I don't know, yeah. man. 20 million uh, I, a year for this guy's I mean he is a very good center he, he's shown a lot of good stuff he's a double double machine mm-hmm. but he represents a pretty traditional uh game where the modern game seems like it just doesn't make sense for him but he's young maybe he can keep up on the defensive end but yeah yeah I, I mean think about it this way the guy who was taking his starting spot just signed a minimum deal, one year minimum deal. <laughs> oh man, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Andre Drummond signed a minimum with the Sixers to yeah. back up and beat who was talking nothing but mad shit on him when they played <laughs> played each other in the playoffs a few years ago. Right, like, exactly. I, I own real estate in Drummond's head. Man, man, that went. That took a whole one eighty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could have just gotten. Andre Drummond on a minimum deal. You didn't have to give twenty million, <laughs> five years, one hundred million to Jared Allen. Yeah, that's that's a rough one when you frame it in that way, where it's like you could have just had Drummond, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Mm, that that does make that very rough. <laughs> what about this? Uh, so this is W two TF deals. These are deals that just really were kind of that same vein as Jared Allen, but even more worse. Where what what is going on here? Got Duncan Robinson five years ninety million. Oof. Zach Collins three years twenty two million. Doug McDermott three years forty two million. Evan Fournier four 
years oh 78 <laughs> and norman powell five years 90 million dollars the norman powell one doesn't seem too bad to me at least you get a quality guy here yeah he's a defense he's a good defensive player offensive player to me the craziest one out of all these has to be this duncan robinson deal mm-hmm. five years 90 million dollars yep. is a lot for a guy who he was really questionable this whole year whether he could even be a starter on your squad at times. This guy got paid purely from his rookie year. Purely. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't even watch him play in, in his second year. And I don't know if you've noticed, but all this guy can do is shoot three-pointers. <laughs> he literally can't do anything else. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't play make. He's a terrible defender. All yeah. he does is shoot threes. And you're telling me that's all he does and he gets five years, 90 million. It's He's absurd. 26 years old as well. So 30, he'll be a 30 year old getting paid almost $20 million just to shoot threes. Just I to mean, shoot threes. I mean, essentially this is not, this is almost like the Joe Harris deal that he got two years, two years ago. Except yeah, Joe Harris is a years. better player than Duncan Robinson. <laughs> Duncan Robinson is just not good. <laughs> I just don't understand this at all. Like, I know there was a lot of hype from that bubble finals run that the Heat had, but you can't give this guy this much money and expect him to do anything different than what he's been doing. Like, he's going to have to make some huge strides in his game. Because, I mean, you look at this team, I mean, we're talking about it like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler... PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, they can all do it on both ends. PJ Tucker mostly on the defensive end, but he he can at least hit a corner three. Yeah. You're Duncan Robinson. You're at best the fifth best player on this team, getting paid five years, 90 million to do nothing but shoot threes. It's such a waste. It's such a waste. uh, We're going to list off all the guys the Lakers got in a little bit. I'd rather have a lot of those guys than Duncan Robinson, especially when you take the money into account. Five years, 90 million. My goodness. I got to believe that there wasn't this many teens bidding on him this high. Like, it seems crazy. Someone must have been. Yeah. Yeah, the market value had to get set somehow. Like, there's no way he's worth this. Yeah, this, this was a ridiculous deal. The other one here, and on that same vein of three-point shooting, Doc Doug McDermott, three years, $42 million. I mean, it's not super as consequential as the money uh, Robinson got, but it just sort right. of puts into frame like how much shoot, good shooting can can yeah. boost your value. Like If you touch over 38% from three, you've already crossed the $15 million a year range. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you can even take the other two guys on this list. Evan Fournier. Another guy. Four years, 78. I thought his last deal with the magic was crazy. And then he gets it again. The dude is a magician. (laughs) The Orlando magic made him a magician. No pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended. Like, I just, man, ah, I like, did the Knicks really need him? Like, is he going to start over RJ Barrett? Is he going to start next no to RJ way. Barrett? I don't understand why they picked up Evan Fournier on this giant deal. 
it's like did they just see him take out the u.s in that exhibition match and they're like oh we gotta have him now yeah like is that what they were looking at and then like norman powell is probably the most reasonable of the four but Mm -hmm. you're also talking like he's he is a good three and d player but at shooting guard and you're playing him alongside two short guys already lillard and mccollum and we already saw they couldn't even beat a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray. Right. Like, this This is a very undersized team. And you've locked into it for at least the next two years now because that's when CJ's deal runs out. Mm-hmm. That's, ah, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to see it working with three guys in your starting lineup under 6'4". And, I mean, that ended up being one of their the weakest points in that series against the Nuggets. They just couldn't get stops. They were getting run off the ground by guys like Fernando Campasso. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Michael Porter Jr. is just shooting over him. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, guarding him. Yeah. And the other that, guy on this list, Zach Collins. I mean, he might not even play the next three years. And he's enough getting said. $22 million. Enough said. <laughs> yeah. Back to the, oh, sorry, just back to Evan Fournier really yeah. quick because I'm <laughs> stunned that this man also got that much money. 28 yeah. years old, but. If you look at his his regular season numbers, they're they're pretty impressive from as a shooter, right? And no, okay. no surprise there; he always shoots yeah. consistently close to forty percent, if not there, on plus five attempts. But mm-hmm. when you look at his playoff numbers, <laughs> his Uh-oh. career his playoff career average is thirty percent from three. Oh no! Field so goal percentage, <laughs> field goal percentage is thirty seven percent, and. I'm not surprised. I mean, the Magic have gone to the playoffs, but just been sort of the shoe in. We get run off the floor, and Evan <laughs> Fournier does nothing to help them be competitive. And no, for a guy whose shooting percentages have dropped that significant, he's granted he's he's been to the playoffs four times: Denver, Orlando, and last year with the Celtics. But still, it's consistent that his shooting percentages drop by ten percentage points and. If that's what you're betting on for the, I mean, the Knicks, I'm sure see themselves consistently as a guy, a team who can, uh, who's knocking the door to be a second rounder. Evan Fournier might not be there to help you, and you just gave him a deal, yeah. and that's when you you want him to show up, really. Right. This is this is your core now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of these guys that they've signed this free agency, they're on at least three year contracts. This yep. is your whole core. You got Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Julius Randle. Like, this is mm-hmm. your core now. Mitchell uh, Robinson, and, when he and, comes back. Well, I mean, maybe if they have enough money to re-sign him, they want <laughs> to re-sign him. Right. Um, because then, then you're paying two centers over $10 million each. That, that I don't know if that's a recipe for success. Yeah. And so, yeah. I don't, I don't, and then, yeah, you got to think about, you, you have to extend R.J. Barrett. You have to yeah. hope that he still turns into a superstar. I just I don't see it for Evan Fournier. I don't really understand where he fits in with this whole roster makeup. Yeah, it, it seems like a total short term, maybe panic mode a little bit. They were, look, they knew they needed shooting. That was their yeah. biggest weak point against the Hawks. They're a great defensive team, but great defensive teams don't really carry you if you can't score at all on the offensive Man. end. If your only offensive <laughs> weapon is um, Julius Randle and What's that guy's name? I forgot his name already. The dude coming Reggie off the Bullock? bench. No, Reggie Bullock a little bit. Yeah. But uh, what's that Alec guy's Burks? name that knocks knocks down the threes? Alec Burks is hot and cold. 
What's that kid's name? The young Emmanuel kid, small Quigley? kid. No, not Emmanuel Quigley. I can't think of his name now. The Is shooter. The, yeah, the the shooter. For he the shot Knicks. threes for the Knicks. Skinny kid. Oh gosh, I forget his name. <laughs> he had some hot I, runs from three though. This. Anyways, year? yes, this year. Anyways, that's basically your offense. There's a hot and cold Alec Burks and Randall, but you. I feel like you. You. We were desperate, and Evan Fournier was one of those shooters that was still left in the market so you got him so i think it's still a good win from the celtic side i think it sucks that they lost this guy that they traded a couple picks for uh midway through the year and another free agent that they that they lose and haven't been able to get back i don't know what three-point guy you're talking about by the way i just looked at their whole roster Oh, I'll, I'll figure. I'll figure his. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll find his name. Derek Rose later. was their backup point guard, and so was Emmanuel Quickly. I, I, I think Quickly might be who I'm thinking of. Is it Quickly? That's. I, I think mean, so. Yeah. That's that's the only person that could be. Yeah, that's that's Quickly. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, rounding it out, big guns gearing up at the end of this. All this free agency, it really came down to the big guys. The rich getting richer, poor getting slightly poorer. And the big ones at the top are the Lakers. Russell Westbrook, Malik Bunk, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, um, Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, and Kent Bazemore. That's like I said earlier, there, $42 mil projected tax bill. And this is a good roster. We're not just saying that because our heads are stuck in 2016. <laughs> this is a good roster even today, I think. Like... You got a lot of pieces here who can score the ball and are versatile. I mean, age is definitely a concern, but once you added THT and Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk, I think that really balanced things out really well. And as long as a lot of these guys can play within their role, I think this Frank Vogel's got himself a heck of a chess piece here to play around with when it comes to the play, when the playoffs come around. Yeah, and I think the funny part, watching this all go down when they were signing these guys, for a while, Anthony Davis was the youngest guy on the Mm -hmm. roster. I'm like, dude, Anthony Davis is the youngest guy on this team, and he's 28 years old. But then you see the Malik Monk signing come through, and you're like, wait, what? How did they get Malik Monk? Like, this Mm -hmm. is a very promising young shooting guard. And I'm surprised that the Hornets didn't retain him. I'm surprised that he's a title chaser this young yeah. in his career because he's not getting a lot of money from the Lakers. You can be assured of that. I'm not actually sure what his deal is. But then you see them get him. You see them get Talon Horton Tucker not very long after that on that three-year $32 million deal. And then they get Kendrick Nunn on two years $10 million. And you're like, okay, well, now they're younger. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah that Malik Monk signing I think was a big big reason why I think this team looks really good for next year now Not, maybe we're hyping him up specifically a bit too much but I think between him Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn that's plenty of youth to keep this team going for for at least this season um, but man it was really funny to just watch them get all these geriatrics and I was kind of dubbing them to get off my lawn Lakers for a little <laughs> bit. And maybe I still can, especially if they end up signing Iguodala too, which they're in the running for. I think, but, the th- yeah. yeah, and the thing that I like a lot about these young guys, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, and 
Tenet Hornet does. I feel like these are guys that all are chasing chasing the bag for themselves or just looking for a chance to have a good year. Kendrick Nunn, I think, has shown signs that he's a good player, but you know, for one reason or another, he he ends up getting lost in the bench and uh, and doesn't really get the the time he needs to sh- to show off how good he is. But yeah. at times there, when Gordon Drogic would go down and Victor Oladipo would go down, Kendrick Nunn was really carrying the offense there. He had a tough time in the playoffs, so ultimately maybe that's why the Heat didn't feel the need to try to bring him back aggressively. But for him to come to the Lakers is is pretty pretty telling. I think that he 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 wants to win and he wants to prove some people that he can, he is a winner and. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that the Lakers found him, and it sounds like he turned down some a bigger bag that he could have gotten from the Knicks and other teams, and he ended up turning those down to, for the lesser money, but to be in L.A. and have a chance to win a championship. Yeah. I mean, this is a deep roster, man. You mm-hmm. think about it? I mean, between these nine guys that we listed and then Gasol, AD, and LeBron, that's a 12-man team right here mm-hmm. where you're you're comfortable playing any of these guys. And that speaks well for a team that's this old, where if you get a few injuries here and there, you have plenty of replacements that are really, they're just as good as the next guy. So, man, this is going to be a scary team, man. This is a deep, scary team. Yeah, and it it sucks that they lost Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, I think, was such the protege player that this roster just needed. A guy who just high energy, plays his role super well. Fan favorite. Yeah, exactly. But ultimately, not re-signing Alex Caruso turned into so many of these names, which I'm not. I don't have the biggest problem with. Uh, I mean, I hope Alex Caruso is happy and he's going to get what he wants from his career. But from a Laker perspective, like not re-signing Alex Caruso turned into Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, and bringing back Horton Tucker. I'll take that any day. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good trade off. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely miss Caruso though. He'll he'll be a Laker in our hearts forever. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and in terms of shooting, you get Malik Monk, who was a 40% shooter last year. You get Kendrick Nunn, who's not too bad. Uh, Trevor Reese, a good shooter. Carmelo, shooter. Carmelo, who has all of a sudden, you know, revamped his career into being a spot-up mm-hmm. shooter like he was in, um, in Portland. Uh, Ellington, always a good shooter. So you, you get a little mixed bag of things here as well as perimeter defenders to play around with. So... I like I like this roster and the Lakers should definitely be not the favorite. I think Brooklyn's still there, but second favorite, I, I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see who else the Nets get. Uh, they I think they have a few more roster spots to fill out, but at this point, I'm taking the Lakers, man. Mm-hmm. This de- this depth is real. Uh, it's not like they're none of them are spectacular, but they're all good enough. And yeah. I don't think the Nets will be able to match them as far as depth. And that that's something that's going to be important because we saw how injury-prone all their stars were last year. You need depth to keep you afloat. Yeah. And moving on to the Nets, they got Patty Mills, Blake Griffin, James Johnson, and Bruce Brown. I mean, solid pieces, but I think most of their team, most of the core pieces are already, obviously already there. But getting Patty Mills, I think... Is a That's good a addition. Good That's their best as a backup sure. point guard. Yeah, Patty Mills has really improved his shooting over the last couple of years, so they're going to be a force in the East there for sure. Um, the one team I think I wanted to talk about, though, the two teams big is the Bulls and the Miami Heat. The Bulls mm-hmm. take Lonzo, they get the Rosen, and they obviously take Caruso as well to add to the core of Vucevic 
Levine and Patrick Williams. Um, man, this team for the longest time was just always that team with nice pieces and they've let go of some of those nice pieces. Uh, Chris Dunn at one point was a nice piece. He's gone. Laurie Markinen at one point was a nice piece. He's probably gone too. Mm-hmm. Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell is traded Carter, away. Yeah. But but you've I think you've figured it out, and the franchise has found a way to sort of replace that, losing that, or not capitalizing on those young pieces by bringing in Lonzo DeRozan, Caruso, and of course getting Vucevic. And I'm thinking finally this franchise has taken a turn, and. I hope we see the Bulls really make a run in the playoffs and should be a good team to to watch. Yeah, and I mean, this is finally a very good starting lineup for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I mean, we thought last year like they had a shot at the playoffs after they got Vucevic in that trade. Turned out not to be enough. And mm-hmm. so I think with these additions, though, it is plenty. I mean, that starting lineup with Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vucevic... You could line them up against any team, honestly. Yeah. And they they will hold their own. They do have a lot of spots to fill out on this bench, though. I mean, the only two guys I think they have on their bench right now are Caruso and Kobe White. Yeah. Because they had to give up a lot of the guys in the sign-in trades to get Lonzo and DeRozan. So they do still need to find some help and some, some backup guys because I mean, Markkanen is probably gone. And that was really it. <laughs> that was all the only other guy they had um, that was potentially a, on a roster spot this year. But that starting lineup alone will will make them a playoff team and actually make them a contender, which is is really cool. Mm-hmm. When the Bulls are good, basketball is good. So right, yeah, exactly. In the Miami Heat, they end up winning the Kyle Lowry trade mm-hmm. or the Kyle Lowry contest. They get obviously yeah. that Duncan Robinson deal. It's steal PJ Tucker from the Bucks, get hmm. Victor Odalipo, and steal Markeith Morris from the Lakers. Markeith Morris, it's a tough loss for the Lakers to lose, but at the end of the day, I don't I think Markeith took a big pay cut to stay with the Lakers last year, so get himself a little more change here with a the- little more. He made <laughs> four million now instead of two. <laughs> I wonder if Markeith Morris is gonna make is going to make more than Marcus Morris makes on one year of his current Clippers contract. <laughs> like is Markeith Morris going to make less than Marcus Morris makes in one year for the rest of his career? Likely. Cause so far he's at 6 million over two years. <laughs> so he's going to have to make another 10 million for the rest of his career to get one year of Marcus Morris's deal. It's ridiculous. Are you saying if Markeith Morris will ever make what his brother made in one year? Yes. Over the well, next well, the rest of, of his career equal one year of Marcus Morris's contract. <laughs> It'll be tough, man. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, right? Yeah. It's he's ridiculous. not I can't he's not going to cross the 5 million dollar barrier. I don't for sure for point. one year. No, he's, there's he's no way. He basically locked himself into just being a minimum contract mercenary. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> yeah, he's just going to be riding this for the yeah. next couple of years. I mean, he might be on the Nets next year with the Warriors. He, yeah, honestly. I mean, good for him. He'll have a lot of chances at some titles, but yeah, not getting the cash. What do you think of Lowry and PJ Tucker getting added to this Heat team? How much does it move the needle for you? I don't think it moves the needle at all. Really? No, honestly? Whoa. Yeah. At all? At wow. all. I still see Miami Heat just being a second tier team 
No way. And maybe they'll make the second round. Maybe, maybe not. But I don't think this is really worth, this roster is really worth all the hype. I think what happened in bubble basketball was magic. And can it be duplicated? (laughs) I don't know. I have doubts. There was a lot of things that went their way that year. uh, And I don't think that's going to happen again. Kyle Lowry is a nice piece. He's better than Goran Dragic, but he's not enough to really make this team better than I think the Bucks, or definitely not better than the Nets. And it's it's tough to say too, though, because no, we don't know what's happening with the Seventy Sixers. But I still got to think that that roster is better than this one. Um, Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid and whatever Ben Simmons gets you, or if he's on there too. I like that roster better. I think Miami Heat are still like the fourth best team in the East. Wow. All those moves for nothing is basically your interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you extend Jimmy Butler and you're riding with Bama Adebayo now. I'm a little surprised that this is the core they're going to ride with for some time now, but uh, they're doing it. And I'm not a big believer in this roster. I mean,. I, I'm not surprised that this is the core they're running with because hey, what else are you going to do? Right? Yeah. Like Jimmy Butler is the best player you're going to get. And Bam Adebayo is, is an amazing player. Mm-hmm. He He's well worth a max deal. So, I, and, uh, I don't know. Kyle Lowry, uh, it's so hard because obviously he sputtered out at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Was not very motivated, obviously. But... We know he can still play, and he's not ancient. I think he's, what, 33 years old right now? So the three years you have him for, he's going to be productive. He won't be his best self, but he'll be very productive and a good third player on this team. And then I have to think P.J. Tucker. I mean, I have to think P.J. Tucker made a pretty significant difference to help the Bucks win the championship. Yeah. You know? I think that's pretty underrated. Despite him being 36 years old, I still think that that's a good acquisition. And then I got to believe Odalipo can come back, man. And we, we love this guy on this podcast, right? Like, yeah. we, we can't give up faith on him yet. I'm giving up on him a little no, bit. They feel like dude, the train has, has railed that. off for, the, for this man. I think he's still going to be a decent player. We're not getting all-star to Lipo anymore, mm. and not even close to it. Not even fringe all-star. Oh, yeah, you're breaking my heart right now, man. You're breaking. I'm my just heart. not in love with this <laughs> Miami Heat uh, roster, wow. and uh, to round it out, the rest of these teams: Warriors getting older, Porter, Mika Belichick. I forget. I don't even know how to say this man's name. Belika. Oh, Belitza. Belitza. The Nuggets uh, getting Will Barton back, Jamichael Green, and. And Jeff Green is the next. Markeith Morris is going to be the next Jeff Green, or maybe they're yes. already. Yes, or, that's or a great Je- comparison. <laughs> or maybe Jeff Green is the next Markeith Morris. I don't know. No, maybe- Jeff Green's been doing this way before Markeith was doing it. Yeah, you know you're a title contender when Jeff Green comes <laughs> knocking at your door. <laughs> Man, this guy is criminally underpaid. I mean, there were stretches where he was carrying this team. On his back when Durant was hurt, when Irving was doing whatever the hell, when Harden had a hamstring injury, Jeff Green was still balling out on a minimum contract, playing like 40 minutes a game, and he's still only taking like barely above minimum contracts. 
it just doesn't make any sense. It's a millionaire. Never forget that. He is that, a millionaire. I know, but like, come on. And he still hasn't gotten an NBA title. <sighs> Despite riding the coattails of contenders, he has not <laughs> chosen the right one. Maybe yeah. this is the year. Maybe uh, it is. Nuggets is, is, a, is a stretch for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very interested that they resign Barton to uh, $16 million a year. Because I'm pretty sure Michael Porter Jr. is taking all his minutes at this point. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I guess six man, I guess, is pretty valuable. But that's that's an expensive six man. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that we haven't seen this team make a, make a run for a decent point guard. Um, get Thomas starting out. What do you mean? They have Jamal Murray. That's no. Well, the, Jamal Murray's hurt. I'm saying for just oh. get a decent guy. For, for as a hurt. placeholder, okay. yeah. I mean, how long can you run with Composso? I mean, is, is that the guy you're going to keep running I mean, with? Hey, he beat the Blazers. <laughs> That's true. Well, I guess they did resign Austin Rivers as well. I think did they? Yeah. Also, no, they have they have Monty Morris too. Oh, Monty Morris, right? Yeah. Okay, that makes I think sense. Okay. And- but yeah, uh, Barton's a good player. I like Barton, but I yeah, I just wasn't sure if he still fit on this team. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't really think there's anything else you could get to replace a Barton. Yeah, that's true. So he's pretty versatile. Yeah, Dallas re-signing Bobin. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Dallas is getting slightly better, I guess. <laughs> no, they 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 get to stay good because they have Bobin. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Random random signings. Here we go. <laughs> TJ McCollum, four years, thirty-five million. I know that hurts you. <laughs> yeah. Campaign, three years, nineteen. Jeff Green, two years, ten. Furkinen, Corkmaz, three years, fifteen. Portis, two nine for two years for nine million. Andre Drummond, one year minimum. Kemba Walker, uh, going to the New York Knicks after that buyout with the Thunder. That's that was a surprisingly big buyout that I'm surprised actually went down. I know. I did That's not, a lot of cash to be I bought out. I did not of. think that the Thunder were gonna just give up a guy for nothing. Like yeah. I, I was convinced they were gonna pull a Chris Paul with Kemba. He must have been like, Hey, I really want to play for the Knicks this year. Can you do me a solid? You have enough draft picks already. Like, do you really need me to get you another one? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, good point. All right, fine. We'll buy you out. We got, we're already like $50 million under the cap space anyway. So, yeah. yeah Something must have gone down that really made them do it or just avoid the cap. Ta- I don't even think they're in they're luxury tax territory. They're tax. No. Like, Kemba was like half of their contracts. Mm hmm. <laughs> Yeah, something shady m- m- went down, and I'm a little surprised that it's not <laughs> talked about more because he yeah. still had two years left on this fat deal. Like that's a big buyout, and he immediately signs with the Knicks. Like he's still a quality player if yeah. healthy. I wonder uh, how much money he gave up to get this buyout to go to the Knicks. Like mm-hmm. he must have been willing to like get out of a lot of that money, like to make it worth a Thunder's while. Yeah. And then, I mean, for the Knicks, it's huge. I mean, they get him on an $8 million contract, I think, is the last I heard. That's that's a great piece to add, honestly. Mm-hmm. Way better than Evan Fournier. Right, um, exactly. Now, I mean, this... yeah, that's still, like, are you going to play him over Derrick Rose? I, I don't know. That's this is very interesting. Yeah, we'll see what kind of health he's in, but 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's healthy, that's a great offensive weapon you have here yeah. in uh, Kemba Walker. But outside of these, Kemba Walker, any consequential move you see from any of these random players? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a lot of a lot of just staying the same, right? I mean, you gotta resign McConnell if you're the Pacers, I and mean, this this dude is just a rock off the yeah. bench. Steals, assists. One of my favorite making. NBA players. I know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> the Lakers can get him in four years, Alan. We'll, we'll, oh, he'll, he'll be like dreaming. thirty-two. He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll be on you'll his still way want out. Him. You'll still want him. <laughs> a guy cheaper. like him. A guy like him will be on his way out. Non-athletic point <laughs> right point guard. <laughs> hey, he got this deal. This is a great deal for McConnell. I'm happy. Yeah. For him. Yep, um, that's a good deal. Campaign. I mean, that's that's a good bargain deal for the Suns. Good good insurance in case Chris Paul does get old. Uh, Bobby Portis for the Bucks that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Cork Moss for the Sixers I think that's a good deal. He's a good shooter on a good deal. Um, and the Drummond one is just that's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, I mean this is a guy I felt like I uh, was pouting for not getting playing time and. Yep. Now, in retrospect, this whole Drummond situation was just a mistake for the Lakers. Not that it yeah. would have made a difference against the Suns. Ultimately, the Davis injury was the difference maker. Right. But just we should not have gone down through that. Like, this Drummond relationship was never going to work out. And <laughs> I might not even work out for the Sixers either, but it's not it's consequential, I guess. consequential, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for $1 million. But anyways, to try to close the podcast off, we still got under... We still got... We still... Have a couple of unresolved questions. Kawhi Leonard, he opted out. What is going on? Is he going to resign? Is he going to talk to uh, other teams? Why does ben he got to do this, man? <laughs> ben Simmons, what's going on with him? I mean, the draft was the time to trade before those picks, you know, were unraveled. Picks, picks became players. Still no movement. Now we got free agency, signing trade situations. Nothing. Nothing. Which, which one are we getting answered first? You think, Sean? I hope to God it's Kawhi. <laughs> I I want just after we we hit stop on this podcast, I want to see Kawhi Leonard resigning with us. I don't care if he sits out the whole damn year next year. Like I want I want him long term. But yeah, I, I do think we'll get Kawhi news before Ben Simmons news because honestly, at this point, like you said, so many things have already happened it's very likely we won't see a Ben Simmons trade until the season's already started. Yeah, it just, it, it, if it was going to happen, it should have happened, again, during the draft and during this whole free well, agency opening. just stupid. No one's right. going to give them a big value for Ben Simmons right now. You have to mm-hmm. prove that he's worth something to ask for what they're asking for. <laughs> yeah, or maybe the trade, I mean, it, to me, one of the, the fruit, the the more fruitful deals sounds like the Warriors pack of Warriors could put a package together. Yeah, they were maybe the seventy the two picks and Wiggins and I think Wiseman. Yeah, if that doesn't seem good to you, then I'm not sure anybody could really put anything better than that. Wow. Um, I just don't see it happening. And in terms of Kawhi, I gotta think he's resigning, man. Like I feel like whenever there's a big free so. agent like this, it's a matter of them deciding, and then the market does its thing. Whereas at this point. Most teams have rounded out their rosters and just are filling in gaps. So there's no possible way Kawhi can plug himself in anywhere at this point. I think. I hope you're right, man. I really do. He's he just he does weird things. You know, he you can never know for sure. <laughs> True. 
And uh, the real, the other two, well, not the other two, but one more guy here. Biggest losers, the probably. Biggest, biggest loser. Of this whole free agency season goes to Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> turning down that big deal from the Lakers in the middle of the year. Coming in, the man's betting on himself. And <laughs> all the cap space has been dried up. The Lakers have done their <laughs> signing trades. I'm not really sure if the Lakers can accommodate a signing trade for him at any point now. I hope they can, and and I hope it goes beneficial completely the Lakers' way. <laughs> but at this point, I I don't know what happens with Dennis Schroeder. He is literally going to have to take the qualifying offer and come back to the Lakers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and he's going to come off the bench oh, for man. Russell Westbrook. For Russell Westbrook, uh, back in a six man role. Yeah, or he's going to have to take a one year less small contract because unless the Lakers want to help him out with the sign and trade, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. So man, I'm sorry, Dennis Schroeder. Maybe you have to go back to Germany or the oh, Shanghai Sharks. The Shanghai Sharks. They're always <laughs> on the phone waiting for the call. Yeah. This and man then, turned down four years, $84 million. Let's not forget that. Let's remember yep. that a few years from now and see if he's made anywhere close to $84 million by that time. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy by not giving him that money. That's essentially what got us a bit of Russell Westbrook and a bit of some of these other guys mm-hmm. that that rounded out our roster here. So thank you, Schroeder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, if he took that deal, you would not have most of these guys. Maybe not even Westbrook. And none of no. this happens. Maybe you just roll it back with the same team. Yeah, we'd have to roll it back with the same guys. It'd be the only way. Um, the other guy here is he's going to consistently get a shout out for the next few years. We <laughs> shouted at him out last year and the year before that is Norlands Noel. He signed a new year, this new deal this year, three years, 32 million. Guess what? It's still less than the, than the $70 million that were offered from the Mavs. Now, I'm not just talking about this contract being less. I'm talking about his career earnings career have earnings. still not come <laughs> are still not close to that 70 million by the time these three years are up. So then Norland's well continues to be a loser here. He bet on himself. It did not end up favorable for him. And in three years, when he signs another new deal, if he does, we'll reevaluate and see if he's also a big loser and yeah. at the end of this part. Hey, at the end he, of our free agency. <laughs> he's rounded a corner though. Three years 32 is very respectable, and he will very likely make above 70 million by the time his career is over on this trajectory. I don't think Schroeder's going to make 84. (laughs) I really don't. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting if from this point on we start tracking his career earnings and see if he gets to 84. That's a tough number to get to. Oh, man. That's a lot of money, man. (laughs) Yeah. Brutal. Yep. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. That was free agency and draft. You know, once things start kicking up a little bit more, we'll be back with more weekly podcasts. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone.